0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: The Seattle Seahawks coming to town Sunday to face the Saints. Jen Mueller, Seahawks radio sideline reporter, joining us now. Jen, how are you?
2: Well, I'm pretty good. I'm looking forward to this matchup. It should be a fun one.
1: Yeah, who would have thought that? Who would have thought that the Seahawks and Geno Smith would be in this position, in particular Geno Smith's playing better football than Russell Wilson.
2: Well, yeah, if you look at the numbers, certainly there are some better. But, you know, it's been really fun to watch the offense actually stay on schedule and to move the ball. And, yeah, I don't think many outsiders would have predicted that this is what was going to happen. And uh, so far, it's been pretty fun.
1: Jen, one of the things that uh, sort of jumps out is that uh, I I know from – Pete's career, uh, first in the NFL, then he goes to college with USC. And, you know, he's always wanted to run the ball. I mean, that that's his forte. Uh, yep. uh, Coach O has always told me, hey, T-boy, I'm telling you, that's all Pete want to do. You want to run it. Every once yep. in a while, he want to throw it. But he got a guy. Now, I want to see if he's consistent with Rashad Penny because he put on a show against the Lions. Again, yep. it was the Lions. But when you carry the football 17 times and you rush for 151 yards, you clipping it. 8.9 yards a rush. He was really impressive, but can he do that on a consistent basis?
2: Well, and that's what Rashad is trying to prove. The last five games of last season, he rushed for over 100 yards in four of those last five games. And the rushing numbers were just off the charts for the Seahawks. And up until this point, they haven't been getting enough plays in the game. They haven't been getting a rhythm in the running game. Part of that is, you know, they, they were just kind of, they're blocked up, right? They, there just wasn't much room inside for Rashad. They opened up the offense just a little bit. You saw him distributing the ball downfield. That opened some of those running lanes for Rashad Penny and for Kenneth Walker, the rookie, to be out there. So I think Rashad, first of all, he's trying to prove to everybody that he can do it and it wasn't just a fluke. I think if you continue to have a balanced offense, Rashad Penny has the explosiveness and the speed to get it done. I don't know if you saw the play in the third quarter where it was third and 16 and you line up and (laughs) and they they made a change at the line of scrimmage and suddenly it's 36 yards to the end zone. I I couldn't believe it.
1: And they're doing it with two rookie tackles. That's the most surprising part.
2: Uh huh. Yeah, and two rookie tackles who played in an air raid system that didn't do a lot of run blocking. And they have adjusted beautifully in this scheme. Now,
3: uh, Jen, and you look at Geno Smith, I mean, uh, I don't know. That's about as good as it gets in the National Football League Uh, whenever you look at these numbers, uh, 23 of 30, 320 yards. But uh, looking at the weapons, it seems like uh, money well invested. Look at D.K. uh, Metcalf. You always view him as like a 1,000-yard receiver. You look at Tyler Lockett. He was right under uh, 1,200 yards. Well, this is kind of like what you like to see when you're spreading the wealth around. Metcalf, seven catches, 149 yards, and Lockett, six uh, for 91. Uh, Now, you might say, well, it was against the Lions, but, uh, boy, if you have more than one receiver and have that kind of production, uh, it seems like uh, Geno Smith knows what to do with it. uh, That could maybe wreak havoc uh, for the Saints in trying to contain them.
2: Well, and I think the other part of that is if you take a look at the tight end contribution off the top of my head, I want to say it was around 70 yards. If you looked at contributions from the tight ends, and you had two touchdowns by the tight ends, DK did not find the end zone on Sunday. Yeah, he was a terror in the middle of that Detroit defense. But I think part of this conversation is how you utilize the tight ends in some of those underneath routes to make sure that it stays open for DK and for Tyler downfield and that's something that Geno has been masterful at. We have not seen that in recent years. That that was not a favorite of Russell to hit some of the underneath stuff with the tight ends, but Geno's utilized it really well. It's opened up plays downfield. It has kept them on schedule to the point where those third down conversions, you know, and you talked about his completion percentage, it's the highest in the NFL right now. And the third Whoa. down conversions, they're manageable.
3: Now, uh, Jen looking at the defense, obviously You might say, what defense? If it's 48 (laughs) to 45, this this is like – That run
1: defense ain't too good. No, it's like,
3: is this arena (laughs) football or or, or what? And uh, I I think he was probably on the hot seat coming in. And, I don't know, snake bit with injuries. We're familiar with him because LSU Tiger, Jamal Adams coming over from the Jets to invest a lot of money in him. Now he's out for the year. But where are they at defensively? I'm looking at uh, Jordan Brooks. I mean, a a guy that they're uh, counting on out, out of Texas Tech. Uh, the linebacker, yeah. but uh, I guess they are demons right now, none to write home about. But well, what's, your, what's your take on them so far?
2: You know, there's a couple of things going on. I think you've got young playmakers that are trying to find their fit in the NFL. It is one thing to practice well. It is one thing to study well. It's another thing to really understand where force and leverage are when you are going full speed against an opponent. There have been some missed tackles. There have been some some plays where they have not been disciplined. They have not done what they were instructed to do. You know, some of those yards, I will say a huge chunk play. There was far too many explosive plays from the Lions last week. One of those was an 81-yarder from Hawkinson that never should have happened. Cody Barton, one of the other linebackers, had the sideline, could use the sideline to his advantage, and could not get him out of bounds. So the the chunk plays really added to the yards. And it has been, you know, I I hate to look at the, the numbers and say it's the small things, but honest to goodness, you know, Pete Carroll talked about situational tackling and understanding when you can take the shot and, you know, try to dislodge the player from the ball and when you have to wrap up or it puts you in a vulnerable position. And I think that that's part of what's happening. You're not getting tackles when you need it. You've got guys that are trying to make big plays when what you really need is just the sure play at that moment. I think you've got a ton of speed. In fact, this is one of the fastest defenses I have seen, and this is my 14th year on the sidelines with these guys. But you've got to find more discipline in doing the fundamental things. The big three on the inside, because this is more of a 3-4 scheme this year, the big three on the inside, they will take up space. They are run stoppers. Al Woods is uh, from your neck of the woods as well there in Louisiana. Man, Al has
1: stretched this forever. That's unbelievable how you stretched this career out.
2: It is, it is, and he is still playing at such a high level. But yeah, everything behind those big three it needs to be stout. They have got to fix the tackling issue because you cannot keep putting this much pressure on the offense to go out and score, which they did on almost every drive in Detroit. That's not going to happen every week.
1: Chin, uh, your opinion of the pass rush because the Lions they're not noted for being great pass blockers. They gave up one. You got one sack, I think, in that game. If yeah. my memory's right, uh, yep. th- th- that that. That's got to change. I mean, if you're just getting one sack a game, that that ain't going to cut it uh, in this league. And I I think the Achilles heel uh, defensively has sort of showed up like a lot of people thought. Maybe they're not good against the run and they're not getting a good edge pass rush. The the surprise has been how well they played on offense. But a little bit about the edge rushers uh, for the Seahawks.
2: Yeah, I think this is where you go to that conversation about Jamal Adams were you expected to play him in the box and really utilize his speed and his savvy, you know, you don't have that. And so you've had to adjust some of those packages and that has been a change. You know, when you don't have a guy like that, you can't make up for it with just one other guy. And that is one thing that Pete Carroll said this week, you got to find a way to get to the quarterback. Now I think some of this is a little bit of a communication on the inside of that line you've got some guys that have come in Shelby Harris and Uchena Nuosu, who's the one who got the sack against golf on Sunday. But I do think that there's a little bit of a communication and working with those big guys up front, whether you go inside or outside and then whose lane are you taking away? Right? Cause if you're a pass rusher that goes to the inside, now you've taken away an opportunity for your teammate. And, and too often they're not coming from the edges. They're trying to come from the inside. Now, I am not a pass rusher. I don't know what the easiest way is, but it certainly looks like they're just not getting enough bodies to the outside. Having said that Kobe Bryant, the rookie on a corner blitz two weeks ago, that was pretty fun to see. And Ryan Neal, the safety played a little bit more of that Jamal Adams role this last week. I would expect him to rotate in and play kind of that, that outside linebacker spot. to hopefully get a little bit more pressure on the, uh, on the quarterback.
3: Now, uh, Jen, uh, looking along the offensive line, obviously uh, uh, whenever you can run the ball and then you give your quarterback enough time and and uh, you're able to excel in the passing game, how is uh, uh, Charles Cross? I was looking, you know, the rookie yeah. out of Mississippi State, uh, Seattle's highest pick since 2010. I mean, ha- has he lived up to the billing uh, with, with that yeah. pick in the first round?
2: Absolutely. From day one, you knew that he was going to be the starter on the left side. He is not disappointed now, there have been a couple of penalties. You mentioned that there's two rookies at either tackle, and those guys have had some unfortunate penalties as far as time in the game, right? It, a couple of weeks ago, you had a first down, then, you know, you have to move the sticks back for a holding call. Um, there's been a couple of penalties that need to get cleaned up, but by and large, he's gone up against some pretty impressive sack, um, you know, guys that, that have sack numbers. I was just looking today, Geno Smith has been sacked fewest times in the league now there's like four of them at, that are tied but by and large those tacky, tackles and Charles Cross in particular have more than held up
1: Jen um kind of clarify a little bit of what's happening ownership wise with the Seahawks uh Paul passed away a couple years back and his sister's taken over and, and sort of, this seems to be like a, a ship out in the ocean and, and which rudder goes down.
3: Yeah, it's like Seahawks, Trailblazers, <laughs> yeah, Portland, Indiana. Yeah. so, Who's so kinda, these
1: teams? Yeah, kind of what's happening on, on that part of it?
2: You know, to my knowledge, there hasn't been any change in any movement. And there is nothing that stipulates that there has to be a change in any specific amount of time. And Jody Allen was in the draft room with John Schneider and Pete Carroll during the, the first couple rounds of the draft. She's been very active in the conversation. So from from a standpoint of, you know, the, the fans, what the fans can see, what the organization can see, nothing has changed. They don't expect any changes. They, they bring Jody into the conversations, and, and they're off and running, as Pete would say.
1: Jen, I think the more or the longer Jody has the team, the more likely she's going to keep it. She's not going to sell it.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, I would hope so, but I also don't know the inner workings of how all of that, uh, how all of that plays out. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, but why would why would you want to part ways with not that? with that so, kind of I cash coming in? Yeah,
3: <laughs> now, Jen, uh, the uh, the Seahawks fan base very passionate, like the Saints fan base. Uh, what is their uh, view? Because usually, uh, nine or ten years, the fans get that itch. Oh, we need a new coach and all that. So, I'm looking at Pete Carroll, 13th season uh, uh, with, with the Seahawks. Uh, are they ready to move on, or are they just still taking a wait and see approach? Because, uh, uh, you know, when I, I remember we played since 1987, Pete Carroll's a defensive back coach for the Vikings. And you look, uh, he's been a head coach before Seattle. You know, we, we all know the success he had at USC, but not so successful, uh, I want to say, the Jets, Patriots, uh, the Patriots, and until he got to the Seahawks when he left uh, USC. So uh, where are they at with Pete Carroll? Even though he looks young, he's not that young. (laughs) Uh, So how do the Seahawks fans uh, treat Pete Carroll right now?
1: Jen, they can't hire an older (laughs) head coach.
2: No, they can't. But I tell you what, you can try to hire a younger head coach, and I promise they will not have as much energy as Pete Carroll. I promise you that. The guy still runs sprints and throws like 50-yard passes in practice every day. It's amazing to watch him. You know, I think this year is really telling, and I think the start to the season is really telling because part of the conversation in the offseason and with the trade of Russell Wilson and, and towards the end of last year, there was a conversation among the fan base of should Pete go or should Russ go? Would you rather have Russ or would you rather have Pete? When the decision gets made that Russell Wilson is going to be traded, well, now you have a chance to evaluate Pete Carroll without the franchise quarterback that he helped to put in that position and that Russ grew into. Right? They both had huge roles in the success of the organization. Now you get to see if he can do it again. He has always been really good with cultivating young talent and with bringing culture together. I mean, he talked about this before the season. This is what he did at SC. You had turnover every couple of years. You always were getting a new quarterback in. I think this is a big, I don't want to say test, because Pete doesn't need to pass any more tests in his career. But I do think that the fan base is looking to see whether it was Russ who made Pete successful, Pete who made Russ successful, and just kind of where it goes from there. So far, Two and two. I realize that doesn't sound like it's a great record, but every team in the NFC West is at two and two right now, and you've got an offense that's moving the ball more efficiently than what we've seen in the last couple of years. So, right now, there is absolutely zero clamoring for a change at head coach, and I, I think um, I think fans are pleasantly surprised with what they're seeing, certainly from the offense.
1: Jim Mueller, Seahawks radio sideline reporter. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jim absolutely thanks Thanks, guys we'll see you someday all All right right. sports talk here
4: on wwl (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too